0: مررنا على دار الحبيب فردنا عن الدار القانون الأعادي وسورها فقلت لنفسي ربما هي نعمة فماذا ترى في القدس حين تزورها ترى كل ما لا تستطيع احتماله إذا ما بدت من جانب الدرب دورها وما كل نفس حين تلقى حبيبها تصر ولا كل الغياب يضيرها فإن صرها قبل الفراق لقاءه فليس بمأمون عليها سرورها متى تبسل القدس عتيقة مرة فسوف تراه العين حيث تديرها. السلام عليكم، everybody. This is your Arabic teacher Sam and a very warm welcome back to the latest episode of the Arabic with Sam podcast. I thought it would be fitting uh, in this episode, in episode 20, that we would do a poetry crash course. Something that um, the audience among you guys and the students and everybody who has supported my work and my channel so far. Um, a lot of people have really enjoyed that. Um, I've kind of done poetry walkthroughs, especially on my YouTube channel. And so I thought it would be a good opportunity uh, in episode 20 for us just to do a little crash course in Arabic poetry. And um, obviously we began with a, um, a reading of a poem that I really love called Fil Quds by um, a very famous poet called Tamim al and um, in, this, uh, in this podcast today, we're just going to have a walkthrough of um, the different eras throughout history of Arabic poetry. And then we'll come into, um, you know, some, just some terminologies that you need to know as a student of the Arabic language. And um, for, for those of you who are interested specifically in learning Arabic poetry, um, you know, so that, that's what we'll get to, inshallah. That's what we'll kind of, that's what we'll work through today. So um, So, obviously, Arabic poetry. Arabic poetry is, um, is deeply embedded into Arab society. I mean, you know, like, like you know I, know, I know here in the West, we often have things like Pop Idol, X Factor and stuff like that. But it's, um, it's incredibly common in the Arab world to have um, the equivalent, but just for poetry. And even in their equivalence, so there is something called Arab Idol. Um, people will come and just do poetry recitations. Um, you know, the, the recitation of poetry is considered entertainment in the Arab world even till now i think it'd be very difficult for someone to go to x factor and deliver a poem by sylvia plath and and actually um be um entertained <laughs> and actually be considered for being like a winner of that show um, but in the arab world uh poetry is still even till today very alive it is still very um very much respected and something that entire families will you know go to a theater to to, to listen to the to, rent to poetry recitations and um and that, you know that that is something incredibly old you know that is the arabs being people of poetry is is something that that you know way predates islam so um so going back to that time i you know that there is poetry in existence today um known as the the, the poems which were hung on the kaaba literally the the verb um and the verb means to kind of hang something upon something um you know, the, 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 those are poems that were hung on the Kaaba and they're, they're, you know, some of them are even preserved until today. You can read them even until today. So we'll, we'll go through some of the different eras of Arabic poetry, um, because when we talk about English poetry, we, we don't really have that many eras. You know, we we sort of have like a few hundred years. Do you know what I mean, we certainly don't have a thousand years, but in Arabic, we, we, we have nearly 2000 years um, of, of Arabic poetry. And um, there are many different eras within that time for us to talk about. So... So, firstly, um, anything before Islam, um, you know, sort of the year kind of five hundred up to the year six hundred and ten. I mean, the year six hundred and ten is when we kind of talk about um, the beginning, the the beginning of Islam, like an Islamic calendar, as in six hundred and ten. Um, and you know, so before it, we have el asr al jahili, el asr al jahili. This is kind of the first period of Arabic poetry, and and we talk about it being jahili, literally. Something being jahil is something being ignorant, but um, we we can sort of tell throughout Arab history that, you know, not not everyone has always thought of the period before Islam as being ignorant. Um, in fact, certainly throughout like later eras of Arabic poetry, a lot of Arab poets talked about the pre-Islamic era as actually being like an enlightenment era in 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 ways to do with language and in ways to do with poetry. Um, the, the language spoken by the Arabs pre in the pre-Islamic era is actually you know sort of um thought of as is very romanticized You know, almost as if as if these people are kind of idyllic rather than being ignorant um, which is quite interesting really because now definitely we, we definitely talk about the jahiliyyah um certainly in the muslim community anyway we, we talk about the jahiliyyah as being like a time of ignorance before people kind of were, were kind of enlightened by islam so so that's called and what we're referring to there is poetry sort of you know written between sort of 500 and 610. I mean, we, we don't really know of anything before that. You know, I mean, but you know, any kind of claims that that this poem might have been before that or this word might have originated from before that are usually speculations really. Uh, yeah, so that, that that era is also referred to as asr, asr ma islam You know, it's sometimes referred to like that. And it, that just means the like the the era of what preceded Islam, al-asr ma islam the, the era, what was what was before al-Islam. So, what do we have after that? Um, what do we have after that? We have Asr al-Sadr al-Islam. We have the Asr of the Sadr al-Islam. The Sadr means a chest, but really it means like the the Islamic era. Um, you know, the, the the kind of the beginning of Islam, the Sadr the al-Islam. And uh, th- this, this really talks about... Um, no, this, this talks about the, the, the time during the life of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yeah, and that's what it, that, that, that's what it's referring to. Next, after that, we have al-Asr al umawi Al-Asr al umawi Like, in, in an English tradition, we call this the Umayyads. The Umayyad era. Um, yeah, al-Asr al umawi That lasted until about 750. Um, so we have about 150 years of al-Asr al umawi after that, about 750 until, I don't know, halfway through, probably the, I don't know, 1200, something like that. Maybe 1100s, 1200s. We have Al-Asr al-Abbasi. And Al-Asr al-Abbasi is um, the, Abbasid, uh, the Abbasid era, we call it in a Western tradition. And a lot of, a lot of like, the famous poets that we talk about, like um, like Al-Mutanabbi, for example, is one you, you need to know. Um, Al-Mutanabbi, I have a walkthrough on my YouTube channel of some of his poetry. Um, he is a he is an Abbasi poet, and um, yeah, there's um, you know there, there's there's a very kind of strong um, a very strong kind of culture of poetry in, in the abbasid era. Um, next, I mean, like when we learn when we learn these, they're not always when we learn these different eras. They're not always to do with time. They're sometimes to do with region. Um, because there is also, there is also, when when you talk about studying Arabic poetry, you do refer to al-Asr al-Andalusi, um, kind of the Andalusian era, but I mean, I mean, al-Andalus isn't referring to a times, you know, al-Andalus was, was an Umayyad empire, really, it was was an Umayyad empire, um, you know, and and when we talk about al-Andalus, we're referring to, I mean, in Spain today, even till today, the south of Spain, the area is referred to as al-Andalusia, or just Andalusia, um, yeah, but, but when we talk about Al-Andalus, we're talking about something a bit bigger than that. We're talking about, you know, what was pretty much the whole Iberian peninsula, you know, like, you know, what is today Portugal, Spain, um, and I think even a little bit of south of France as well. Like all of that was under, um, you know, Al-Asr Al-Andalusi, like, like the poetry that came out of there. And it's, it's well known, you know, it's well known how um, Greek, Greek thought and Greek philosophy um, was um, was was pretty much erased from European knowledge, really, and, and actually came back into Europe through um, through Arabs who um, who had it and translated it and, and and you know and pondered upon and developed those works in in El Andalus. So um, yeah, there's um, yeah there's, 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 there's loads of poetry that came out of that. There's a particular um, there's a particular text called al Hamama, I believe. It's about it's about women. Um, so it's all sort of about love and about women. And that, that came out of Al-Andalus. Um, also, the, the writer called um, Ibn Jubayr, the travel writer, who was also a poet as well, um, but he was, a, he was a travel writer. Um, you can get hold of his rihla, rihla ibn Jubayr. You can get hold of it. It's probably about five pounds or something, you get hold of it. Um, but he was from Al-Andalus, anyway. He was from, um, he was from Valencia, I believe. Um, yeah, and he he, he travelled the Arab world, and the thing that's most notable about his work is, um, is that he actually met Salahuddin al ayubi and actually described him and wrote and wrote about him in his works. After that, um, we have, um, we, 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 there's actually a lot of crossover really. It's, it's the same kind of era, but just in a different in a different place. We have al asr al-Fatimi, al asr al-Fatimi. We call them the Fatimids. Um, ...in a Western tradition. And that's, that's actually of the eras that we're talking about. It's the only Shia one. It's the only Shia um, sort of dynasty. Um, all of the others are, are, all, are all Sunni um, dynasties. And, and the Fatimi uh, dynasty is in Egypt. is an Egyptian dynasty. Al-Asr al-Fatimi. I, I can't name any poetry that came from that. Um, I don't know of any. But but obviously there was loads, but I just don't know of any. Afterwards we have Al-Asr al-Zanki. Um, yeah I'm I'm not really sure what what that means really I just know that I just know of it I just know of it al-asr al-zanki it is, it is named after a person um, yeah I don't know if it was someone called Nuruddin al or something like that um, yeah, I'm not really sure so we won't we won't speculate or anything we'll just move on next we have al-asr al-ayubi um, See, there's there's overlap between all of these there's overlap between al-asr al-andalusi al fatimi al Zenki, al-ayubi you know there's overlap between all of those and between al asr al-mamluki which is the next one as well the mamluks are an, an era that many people know about um, the, the mamluks famously had um, significant military success against the mongols um, the mongols were the mongols kind of terrorized the the, the the muslim world for for a lot of for for a large part of the middle ages and it was the mamluks who who had um, a number of kind of um, you know um, very significant um, victories over the Mongols, and the, the Mamluks, by the way, were was, were a, were an empire or an era out of Egypt as well, um, yeah. But the Mamluks came from like a slave class who kind of ended up becoming the, the the leaders of the country. That's not uncommon in in Muslim history, by the way, of having like a slave class that actually end up becoming the leaders. Um, unheard of in in the Western world, obviously, but um, but it's actually something that happens a number of times. There's also the Murabitun, as well, who come out of um, al Maghreb, as well, out of West Africa as well, who are, who are originally like a slave class, but, but, um, you know, but become the leaders um, and, and also are um, um, very successful in a military sense as well. All of those eras that I've talked about, by the way, that all overlap quite a lot, that's all what we refer to as the Middle Ages. Um, I don't know if that's what we refer to as the Dark Ages in, in, in a European tradition, but but um, but we call that al 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 wusta al wusta. So al usur is the plural of asr. So al usur the, the ages, al wusta, the middle the Middle Ages, and um, yeah, that's also when Ibn Battuta, the very famous travel writer, that's at the time when he's travelling as well. Um, in that time, he's later than Ibn Jubayr. Um, he's like I don't know, thirteen hundreds something like that. Yeah. Uh, next we have al-Asr al-Uthmani. That's what we call the Ottomans, the Ottomans al-Asr al-Uthmani. Next we have um Asr al-Nahda. Al-Nahda means the renaissance. Asr um, al-Nahda. Afterwards we have al-Asr al-Hadith, the modern era, and then after that we have al-Hadatha, which is kind of like postmodern. Um yeah, well, yeah, it's it's just like a more recent modern era. When we talk about al-Asr al-Hadith, we're talking about um we are talking about um 20th century really and haditha is perhaps like now um yeah those are kind of the main categories of of arabic poetry so um so to come back to um the actual the actual poem itself i mean when we're studying arabic poetry you'll notice that arabic poetry is um is of a number of different kinds i mean traditionally and up until only quite recently arabic poetry would be a modi you know, an Ahmed is a is a pillar, and so poetry, which is a mawdi, is usually in two pillars. It's in two columns, um, and that's kind of the that's kind of a that's a trait of Arabic poetry. Really, That will be in two columns. So yeah, poetry is written in two columns, and um, and it's not written like you don't read down one column and then you read down the other. The the two columns represent represent two parts of a line of poetry, and we call one of these lines of poetry a bait. Some of you will be saying. But Sam, a bait means a house. It, it does indeed. But um, but we also use the term bait for a verse of poetry. You just just beware that the, 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 the plurals are different. If we're talking about a bait as in a house, the plural is boyut. If we're talking about a bait as in a verse of poetry, we're saying a beat, and that's the plural of it. And um yeah, and, and and within within one bait, you have obviously the two columns. And the first column um, is a shatr, is a shatr al awwal and then you have a al-thani and um so yeah so one of the lines like in, in one column is a shatr, but the the pair of them is called a bait and they'll usually end with a rhyming with a rhyming sound which we call a قافية. um in the the extract of poetry which i read for you we would say that the qafiya is hair because we're ending on them so um yeah so that, that's what we call the qafiya. Yeah, so we we need to know the term bait. We need to know the term shatter. We need to know the term Um, um Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the, the poetry itself. I mean, that the word for poetry itself is ashir. Shir is poetry. It does come from the verb shara yashrodo. We need to feel something. When you use the verb shara, you usually use it with the preposition bi. ashraru bi something. I I feel bi something. And um, yeah, and a share is a poet. The plural of which is ashurara, the the poets, الشعراء. The feminine is just a شاعراء, um, and the feminine and the plural of that is ashirat, um, yeah, ashiraton, uh, sharaton or الشعرات. That's the that's the word for 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 women poets in general. But um. Yeah, but, but that's you. You would think like in English, we it's very helpful how we have the word in English poetry, and then we have the words, um, you know, a poet that comes from that. But you actually don't use the word. Um, you actually don't use the word poet poetry for, um, you know, for like the, 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 there's no connection between the word, um, between the word poet and poetry in Arabic like there is like there is in English, um, a poet. A, po- a poem most commonly we use the word qasida um, a qasida is the term for a poem and uh, the plural of which is qasaid but um but yeah but, but that that is the most common because actually the, the word qasida actually refers to a poem which is more than seven baits more than seven abiyat um and, and most poems are you know I mean? but, there, but there can be some that are smaller you know if there's a poem which is kind of between um, between two and seven, between two and seven yet we call it a maqtu'a. Um, yeah, and if there's something which is just one or two, um, just one or two baits, we call it a netfer. So a netfer is a very short poem. Netfa is just one or two baits. Maqtu'a is between two and seven. And a qasida is seven or more baits. Um, yeah, and then and obviously, you know, like, like in English, when we do like a GCSE, GCSE and stuff, or, or you guys in America or Canada... Um, when you guys learn learn English in, well, I suppose it's high school, I think. If I know the if I know the American education system, perhaps you can let me know. Call in, uh, tell me if it's uh, if that's the same thing. I'm I'm talking about when you're like fifteen or sixteen years old. Uh, you do like exams and stuff. I I don't know what those exams are in America, but um. But anyway, for those exams, you need to learn like poetry terms, like literary terminology, like for like a simile and a metaphor, and those in Arabic are teshbih. The term tashbih is a simile. And if something's metaphorical, it's majazi. What well, a metaphor is a majaz. So if something being symbolic is being a remzi, is a rems. A rems is a symbol for something. If something is symbolic, you use the term remzi. Yeah. So so those are kind of the terms, really. I mean, that's that's um that, that's everything. That's kind of a crash course in the the eras of Arabic poetry and the and the terminologies around it. Um, I suppose perhaps we one last thing I wanted to mention is different kinds of poetry um because obviously some of these kinds of poetry are more common in different eras just because of the social climate i suppose like like poetry of war do you know what i mean like these days in britain we don't really have a strong tradition of war poetry now but but we did in the 1940s do you know what i mean like we did during world war one we, we would have done during world war two like we have a strong english language tradition of war poetry um, and you would expect that, like now in the Arab world where there are wars, there is a stronger tradition of war poetry now, but there wasn't in certain other times. Do you know what I mean? In times where there's been peace in, in the Arab world, there would be less war poetry, obviously. So we'll, we'll just talk about some of them. So one which is incredibly common is Shir al-Madih. Shir al-Madih is to do with praise. Um, there is a verb, مديحun, which is to praise someone and uh, yeah shi'r al-madih is very common especially of praise of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa sallam very very common um yeah a, a type of poetry which is of praise but it is not always of the prophet sallallahu it's not always but um a famous poet um, nizar qabbani he writes sort of praise poetry of women i suppose you could con- you could consider a lot of his writing and he's a, although he's a modern poet you could consider a lot of his poetry as shi'r al-madih uh, I suppose the opposite of that is, um, um, there is a verb for that as well, which is, um, like, when you're, like, slagging someone off. I think, I think we call it lampooning, um, but obviously no one's ever used the word lampooning in a modern conversation in their lives, so it's, it's a little, a little bit like when you're kind of burning someone, or you're, you know, you're, you're slagging them off or you're you're roasting them or something. I, I don't know what terms we we would use of like English poetry, but it's a little bit like like I know. I know like like in modern times, like we, you might have a rap battle with someone. But that's like that's like proper old in the Arab world, like like in the Arab world, like intellectuals. we meeting in a town square to do rap battles with each other, like poetry offs with each other for like hundreds of years. That's like a very old tradition in the Arab world. Which is interesting because, like, they were, like, the intellectuals of their day. But these days, if you got, like, Eminem having a rap battle with, what are the rap, Swizz Beats, Snoop Dogg. You can tell I don't really know my rappers. But, um, yeah, so, but they're not really, like, the intellectuals of our day, are they? Like, we don't really consider um, Snoop Dogg and Eminem as, like, the intellectuals of our day. But, but, the, but they are in the Arab world, like, the poets who would meet and would have poetry off's. Um, and they, they would do a lot of lot of shi'r al hijat to each other. They'd do a lot of lampooning of each other. Um, and they'd, they'd, they'd burn each other and stuff and, you know, whatever else. Another very common type of Arabic poetry is shi'r al-ritha' shi'r al-ritha' is like, like mourning poetry. Um, you know, there's uh, obviously during the time of the Prophet Sallam, in the Asr, Sadr al-Islam the time of the early Islam there were battles and many of the Muslims were 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 killed in those battles and um very famously there's a poet called al-khanser one of the one of the women poets um of early islam and um al-khanser she four of her brothers died and she has she has lots of poem poetry about um yeah about about um about her brothers dying i believe she i believe there is a famous poem about a brother called sakar or something where she writes about her her brother sakar or something like that in one of the one of the battles, but yeah. Anyway, that's that's like poetry of mourning, poetry of mourning. Um, yeah. Um, there is also obviously Shir al jihad. There's like a jihad poetry, um, which is the same as like war poetry. Um, there, there is also the term al hamasa wal harb, um, which is which is similar to to, to like battle poetry. Good. That, that, that's in, there are lots. I mean, we could go on for a long time. We could talk about the different kinds of poetry. You know, there's there's poetry of complaining. There's poetry of blaming. You know, complaint is shekwe, um blaming is etab. Um, there's lots, lots of different kinds of ty- types of poetry. But th- those are the ones that mostly come to my mind, really. So perhaps those are kind of the most common and, and ones that are most noteworthy. So um, yes. Yeah, so, so although most of it was kind of me speaking in English for this poetry for this, I mean, I think we would have definitely kind of accumulated. Probably thirty useful terms for you to know about um, about you know Arabic language eras um, throughout Arab history and um, different kinds of Arabic poetry as well as terminologies for analysing Arabic poetry as well. Um, for those of you who like Arabic poetry, go over to my YouTube channel inshallah. I have a number of different walkthroughs of different poems in the Arabic language, and um, hopefully you guys will enjoy that. So that was episode twenty of the Arabic Sam podcast. Man, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Man, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, who listen to this podcast and share it with your friends and, and uh, come back every week for all of the episodes. Um, you know, it really, truly, truly means the world to me that you guys tune in and, uh, and are part of it. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like me to talk about, any other ideas for up-and-coming episodes of the podcast, please DM me on Instagram, at ArabicWithSam, Facebook, ArabicWithSam, YouTube, ArabicWithSam, email me, ArabicWithSam at gmail.com, um, Twitter, ArabicWithSam, Snapchat, Arabic with Sam, surprise, surprise. I just want to hear from you guys. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Hope you guys are doing well and everything's going well in your Arabic studies in general. And uh, and that's it. We'll sign out for the day. We'll keep this episode under 25 minutes. Enjoy it. See you guys in the next one. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.